you have your Bibles, we're going to look in Genesis chapter 3, such a familiar passage. For our reading today, we're going to look in two verses, 20 and 21. Did you enjoy that this morning? I mean, our worship, man. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he does through the Tyler family. Oh, my heart is just overfilled already. We just thank them for their willingness to be obedient to him and willingness to share what God's given them with others. And they're here today to, they come to support Gage and Zane. So they'll be baptized today along with Marlena and Ashton and in coming they were willing to bless our hearts weren't you blessed and I was blessed we're going to look in verses 20 and 21 in chapter 3 of Genesis Martin Luther once said we know Martin Luther as the father of the reformation he once said the true living faith which the Holy Spirit instills into the heart simply cannot be idle. <laughs> you need to hear that again. True living faith, which the Holy Spirit instills into the heart simply cannot be idle. We have a genuine faith. We can't sit idle. And what I found is that when faith in God's word is displayed or faith in God's word is exercised, grace is sure to follow. We see an example of this in this passage, in these two verses. We see an example of Faith being exercised and grace being extended. The Bible tells us in chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin. And clothed them. This is God's holy word God we thank you for this day we thank you for your presence in this place oh we thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and lives of people in here those who know you and even how you and your holy spirit is working in those who are far from you so God we pray that you would move and minister throughout this service that you would be glorified in all that is said and done and God we'll praise you for what's accomplished in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Some of you are thinking, I should have packed that lunch. It's been two weeks. <laughs> I preached to you last week. You just got it on a different day. <laughs> uh, when we approach chapter 3 in Genesis, we're introduced to Satan and sin. We're also introduced to the consequences of engaging with Satan and sin. 
the woman, the woman that God created from the rib of the man, Adam, she had a conversation or she engaged in a conversation with Satan. Satan come to her in the appearance of the serpent and she engaged with him. King James, in the King James Version, it uses the word subtle. In the New King James, it uses the word cunning. The word subtle in the Hebrew, it is pronounced arum. It, is, it carries the ideal of being crafty in a bad way. So sudden, so cunningly, Satan... He convinced the woman that by her eating the fruit of the tree of good and evil, that she would not surely die. We know God had told Adam, if you eat of this fruit, you shall die. God understood and he meant that he would die spiritually. Well, when Satan approaches Eve, the woman at this time, He's telling her she will not surely die. So in her thinking, she just misunderstood God's word. She's thinking of death immediately. She's not thinking of a spiritual death. For the way it's phrased from Satan, it is as if he is saying, you're not going to die once you eat this fruit. That's the appearance of what's taking place. Also, he convinced her not only that she wouldn't die, but she would be like God. That she would have the knowledge of good and evil. So she ate the fruit. She not only ate the fruit, she gave it to Adam and he ate the fruit. So what happened after that was beyond either one of their imaginations. They could never have imagined that everything that was about to take place because they had lived in a perfect environment. Their lives was, was sincerely perfect. There was nothing flawed, nothing dark, nothing evil. It was perfect. It was sinless in the state that they were in prior to eating this fruit. But when she ate of the fruit, immediately her eyes along with Adam's, were opened. For the first time, because of their disobedience to God, their nakedness was revealed. Why, why wouldn't their nakedness have been revealed prior to this? Well, it's simple. In, verse, in chapter 1, in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. In verse 27 of chapter 1, God said, create, create, the Bible says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. So their sin in chapter 3, it removed the covering of God's glory that was upon them. This points to the truth of Paul's statement in his letter to the Roman church in Romans 3 and 23 where he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So no longer clothed in the glory of God, their nakedness is now revealed. And when their nakedness was revealed, it triggered an emotion 
that they had never experienced. An emotion of shame. Their shame was so great that they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So when God came in the cool of the day to commune with Adam, Adam and the woman hid. They hid to hide their shame of no longer being clothed in God's glory. They hid to hide their shame because their nakedness had been, was revealing their sin of disobedience. Folks, I make no mistake. God was not caught off guard by their sin. When God called out to Adam and the woman, he knew they had sinned. He knew they had eaten of the tree which he commanded them not to eat. He knew his glory no longer clothed them, but still he pursued after them. Aren't you glad we got a God who knows our sin and he still pursues after us? He still calls out to Adam. And he could have destroyed them the moment they ate of the fruit, but he loved them so much that he went to them before they could ultimately destroy themselves. And if by chance, if by chance, someone is here today who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal savior or someone is here today who is walked far away from God God wants to commune with you right now he's more interested in these next few moments with you than anyone else in the building he wants a relationship with you you may be thinking God doesn't want anything to do with you but I can assure you he does he knows you better than you know yourself and now he wants to reveal himself he wants to reveal his power his his grace, his mercy, his love to you right now. The fact that you're here, it's because he's pursuing after you. You can make up whatever excuse of coming you want, but you would not be here if the Holy Spirit hadn't led you here because God is pursuing you right now. He's pursuing you. And make no mistake, your sin is before him. It's right there before him. He sees you just as you are. It's as if you're naked before the Lord. He, but he also knows that if you continue in the life that you're living, sin will destroy you. He wants you to come to him. So he's calling out to you. Well, you might be asking the question. Well, if God is calling out to me, what do I do? Well, I would suggest that you follow what Adam done. Adam exercised faith in God's word. When we look there in verse 20, the Bible says that Adam gave the woman a name. He called her Eve. Up to this point, the woman had been called helper. Look in chapter 2 and 20, chapter 2 and 18. Also in chapter 2 and 23, she had been called woman. And in chapter 2 and 25, she had been called wife. But now, in chapter 3, verse 20, for the first time, she's called Eve. <laughs> 
The Hebrew name for Eve, it means to give life. Adam is calling his wife the mother of all that's living. Now, by giving her this name, he was placing his faith in God's word. I don't see it, preachers. Stay with me. Adam and Eve had no children. Neither did they know anything at all about pregnancy. But in verse 16 of chapter 3, God told them in the curse that she would bring forth children and her children would come through sorrow and pain. But she would have children. He tells her that in verse 16 as he's given a curse. As a matter of fact, in 15, part of the curse to the serpent was that he would put enmity between the, the serpent and the woman, between her Her heel or his heel God is saying the woman would have children and she would have one who would come from her who would crush the serpent or crush Satan. Adam believed God's word and displayed his faith in God's word by naming his wife the mother of all living. He named her Eve. Listen folks, I I read I read about a pastor in Houston, Texas. His daughter asked him if he would build her a dollhouse. He nodded and he promised her that he would build her one. Then he went right back to reading his book. Soon he glanced out the window in his study and he saw his little girl with her arms filled with dishes, with toys, with dolls. And she kept making trips back and forth from the house to the backyard. As he notices what's going on, he goes to his wife and asks, what is our daughter doing? And his wife simply said, you told her that you would build her a dollhouse. She believed you. And she's just getting ready for it. (laughs) In the midst of a curse, God told Adam and Eve that they would have children and Adam believed him and he exercised faith in him and giving his wife a name that is the mother of all living I want us to really get this Uh, if we this little girl not only believed her dad but she exercised her faith in her dad's word and when he told her that he would build her the playhouse she began preparing I want to I want to share that Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son he is the way the, to a right relationship with God no one can come to the father except they come through him he is not only the way but he is the truth his word supersedes any other word for heaven and earth may pass away but the word of our Lord will stand forever but he's not only the way the truth he's also the life he is the giver and the sustainer of life whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life this is truth but knowing the truth it's not enough you must respond to the truth in faith you must display you must exercise your faith in the truth of God's word Why? Why do I, if I believe it, why do I have to exercise faith in it? Because the Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 10, for with the heart, 
Man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We must exercise faith in God's word. And like Adam, when we exercise faith in God's word, God extends grace to us. He extended grace to Adam. There in verse 21, we can see God's grace to Adam and his wife. The Bible says the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. <laughs> now let's look at that for a moment. God clothed Adam and Eve in the image, in his image and in his likeness. So they were covered in his glory. You're not with me, are you? God is glory. <laughs> you know why we're going to be glorified one day? Because we're going to be like him. <laughs> he, they were covered in his glory. <laughs> but they chose to disobey God. They found themselves fully exposed. In other words, they removed the covering of God's glory and replaced it with fig leaves. And like this, God knew they could not remain in the garden. Now that they had eaten of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, they could not freely go and eat from the tree of life. God also knew that he could not send them out into the world. Now that the world was sin cursed in leaves. He knew that the leaves sewn together by the best seamstress in the world. It would not weather the storms of this sin-cursed world. So what did God do? He sacrificed an animal to cover their nakedness. The blood of an animal had to spill so they could live. Because of their sin of disobedience, they experienced death for the very first time. Yes, it was the death of an animal, but Adam named that animal. Adam had dominion over that animal. Adam loved that animal. Oh, we got some animal lovers here. Now, you know what I'm talking about. He loved that animal. It was his it had been given to him. <laughs> but because of Adam's sin, death came to the animal. But the grace of God was that he took the skin of the animal, he fashioned them into tunics for Adam and Eve. Adam nor Eve deserved this act of grace. They didn't deserve to benefit from the death of, of this animal. They didn't deserve to be sent out into the world with the necessary garments to survive in this sin-cursed world. But God displayed his grace. He gave it to them. God responded to Adam's Exercise of faith by extending grace to him and Eve. You know, earlier in the story, I, I pointed out about the pastor in Houston, Texas, how his daughter displayed faith in her dad's word. 
But I want to tell you the rest of that story. When her father heard her mother say that she was getting ready for him to build her a dollhouse, he laid his book aside. He raced to the lumber yard. He had to get the supplies and he quickly built his daughter a dollhouse. Why do you think he did this? Not because he wanted to. He was more interested in that book. Not because she deserved it. No. (laughs) But he built it because he had given his word. (laughs) And she believed it. So he acted upon it. When he saw her her faith in his word, there was nothing that was going to keep him from carrying out his word. Romans 10 and 9 tells us, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not you might, not we'll see, not let me check what you've done in the past. He says, if you will believe and you will confess, you will be saved. God will honor his word. Why is it that we must confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus? Why is it we must believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead in order to be saved? Because Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, came to this sin-cursed world born of a woman. He lived a sinless life. He fulfilled all the holy scriptures. He gave his life. He sacrificed himself for you and me. He did this knowing we did not deserve it he did this knowing that we do not deserve it he did it but he he extended grace to us by sending his son to die in our place Jesus lived the life we couldn't live and he died the death that we deserved oh that and enough is worth serving him but he removed his glory And took upon himself our sinfulness and nailed it to an old rugged cross. He gave his body and blood for you and me. They buried him in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day, God raised him from the dead, conquered death, hell, and the grave. God is faithful to his word. On the cross of Calvary, Satan thought he had won, but it was on the cross of Calvary that Jesus defeated Satan, just as God said he would. And now, anyone, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your educational level is. It doesn't matter how much you make or how much you don't make. If you will exercise faith in God's word, you will receive his further grace. When we confess our sins to God and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God forgives our sin and he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. He then clothes us with the righteousness of Jesus Christ for our righteousness just will not do. We have to have the righteousness of Christ to stand before God. And then he gives us his Holy Spirit to abide within us, to lead us, to guide us, to empower us as we go forth living life in this sin cursed world unsaved yes if you will choose to exercise faith in Christ upon the authority of God's word 
in which he is faithful to. I can say that he will extend to you his grace. He will forgive you of your sin. And he'll clothe you in his righteousness. I say this because the word of God says in Ephesians 2 and 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, I don't know who this message is for. But God, you know. Right now, I know you're speaking to hearts as we're preparing for this invitation. And I pray, God, that you would move and minister according to your will, according to your word. As you do, God, we'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. We're trusting you this day. In Jesus' name, as every head bowed, every eyes closed, still. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus... If you're here today and you're far from him, if you exercise your faith in his word, he will extend his grace to you. He will in no wise cast you out. He will love you with a love like you've never known. Well, preacher, you don't know where I've been. I don't need to know. You don't know where I've been. But God knows where I've been. He also knows where you are. And his son stands with outstretched arms. Pursuing you this day. It's already been said you're either for him or you're against him. Oh, today can change your life. (laughs) We went through a series not too long ago (laughs) about my Jesus. If I tell you about my Jesus, (laughs) you'll want to know him. But you've got to exercise faith in who he is. And if you do exercise faith in my Jesus... He'll change your life because he'll extend his grace to you. As they begin to sing this invitation, as every head still bowed, praying for those who don't know Jesus, those who right now can't say that heaven's my home. As they're praying for you, would you come? I'd love to pray with you.